Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge in our weekly NFL Prop Spectacular. I am the coach, and we are here every single Friday with all of your favorite props that you can get a couple of days early. Thank you all for joining us on Twitter Spaces for the Prop Shop yesterday. It is Prop Stars happy place now so many of you reach out and say coach where can i get that early edge gear where can i get it well we're going to do you a solid the entire nfl season we're going to give you 20 percent off early edge gear we're going to throw that qr code up there there it is and use that promo code early edge 20 at checkout and you get 20 percent off now if you send me a picture or you tweet a picture with that merch on you just never know what you might win now with that being said this is one of my favorite hours of the week. Capper Taylor said it in the chat. This is his favorite hour of the week until we get to Sunday, and he loves that too. He loves it all, and I know all of you do too. So let's not waste any more time. Let's bring in the stars of the show. And you know, I'm like, oh, three of my favorite guys in all the early edge universe. First and foremost, live from parts unknown, prop stars. Good afternoon, sir. Coach, great to see you. Uncle Dave, cousin Sia. Hope everyone's doing excellent on Friday. This is my favorite hour of the week. Also want to point out, we went four and one yesterday. We were one, or excuse me, last week. We were one Zay Jones reception away from a clean sweep. Going to make the clean sweep happen this week, hopefully. And uh, that's back to back four and one weeks for me, coach. See, now you took my producing skills away. I was going to go to the recap after I said hello. But couldn't now help you myself. Just, you couldn't help yourself. Now, Uncle Dave, I've got a very serious question for you. Because right mm-hmm. now, me, me and Alex were at odds. Like, mm-hmm. like, I thought we were really close friends. We were at odds. Because as you know, as you know, I have very quickly become one of the great fantasy league owners of all time. And I'm 2-0. and And Alex accused me yesterday. Accused me and said, oh, it's everybody else. That there are people saying that I paid somebody off to make the trade of a lifetime yesterday how would you react to that if that was you first of all that doesn't sound like uh my degenerate nephew to say such a thing (laughs) or to accuse somebody of doing that it's more like my degenerate nephew to be the one paying somebody (laughs) off to make a trade in his favor not to accuse it but because he's so familiar with that scenario coach maybe that's what he sees and that's what he's going with i think i have to know what the trade is though Oh, sure. Yeah. Alex, would you, you want to tell me? Yeah, I would love for Dave to, to, to uh, give his take on <laughs> you know, this trade. Tra- trades are kind of my thing in fantasy. I, I know, well, Dave, so I'm very trade, curious Alex? to get your opinion. So coach received Christian McCaffrey, gave up uh, DJ Moore and Antonio Gibson. All right, how much did you pay? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. I've just, I've just taken my level. To a whole nother level, I hired a general manager who's making all the moves. Then he calls me and he approves them. The other thing I may or may not have approved is a few trade offers to Alex just to burn it. 
just to get him fired up. And every time I see that email come in, it is glorious. I love it. Because usually a text comes in right after it. All right, we'll leave that on the table. Finally, he is the best-looking man in all of the early Edge universe. We want to see more and more and more of this man. See you in a job. Good afternoon, sir. Coach, I'm a little fired up as well. So earlier today, you were on the early edge, of course, with Emory Hunt, Chip Patterson, and others. And somebody in the chat said, this is the best early edge crew of all time. So listen, I haven't practiced law in a few years. Everybody, <laughs> most people know I'm an attorney, but I'd like to just kind of, you know, bring some of that back a little bit. Objection, Your Honor, move this way. <laughs> this is the best crew on the early edge, period, end of story. I, I can't disagree and I can't agree because I'm a part of both crews. So either way you want to go, I'm good with it. Blink twice I, if you agree with me. Sorry, I had something in my eye. It was, it's a little dusty here. As you know, we're doing a lot of construction at the friendly confines. <laughs> now, we stepped it up for you a little bit. We've decided that we're so busy, we need to throw somebody in the chat to answer your questions for you. So our five-tool player, AB, is live in the chat right now. You have any questions, any props, throw them in there. He will answer them over the course of the next hour. And then I'll write a few down. We've got a little rapid fire at the end. All right? So here we props go. AB for doing that, by the way. Right? Right? Alex, did you have something? Shout out, AB. Props. Oh, all right. Hey, this is a crew day. We're a crew here at the Early Edge. Everybody steps up. Damn right. Everybody steps up. Absolutely. All right, so we're only going to go into games that we have prop plays in. And then, of course, on Sunday at noon, we go through every single game on the board. So where do we start? Where? How about a game that everybody's talking about? And, Dave, I'm starting with you. Bills laying five on the road at Miami. The Bills they're fighting some injuries. So I thought this number would be a little bit bigger the way they play. Uh -uh. Total 53. This is a one Eastern game. Dave, start us off. This is an intriguing game. And the player prop that I like from this game is Jalen Waddle going over 62 and a half receiving yards, minus 119 at Caesars Sportsbook. Coach, everybody's going to be on Tyreek Hill after what he did last week. But don't forget about what Jalen Waddle did, too. He had triple digits catching a bunch of passes from Tua Tungavailoa. And I think the matchup's going to work out pretty well for Miami. Number one, the Dolphins cannot run the football very well. Number two, Buffalo is missing as many as three defensive starters in their secondary. So there's going to be a lot of inexperience. And it's not necessarily guys who can't keep up with Jalen Waddle, because Waddle's pretty fast, but they've got some fast guys too. But they just don't have the savvy or the experience for what the Dolphins are going to do. And it's also not about passes that are 20-plus yards downfield there's a lot of short passes that Jalen Waddle gets. He got a ton of them last year. He had some last week, too. And the number's curious at 62 and a half because he's had at least 69 yards each of the last two games. This is the part where Alex says nice. And I also <laughs> like the fact that he's got a 29.6% target share in through the first two weeks of the season. So he's getting a lot of targets. The matchup is missing a lot of starters in the secondary. He's getting at least 69 yards per game. This is an easy over to me. I'm kind of surprised it's this low. I'm wondering if it's because the odds makers think that the offensive line for Miami is going to be down to scraps and the Bills are just going to blitz Tua. Well, that's fine, too. Tua has been good against the blitz so far this season. Two yard outs, three yard outs. Let him run with the ball. That's how Jalen Wild scored one of his touchdowns last week. Now, there are some very smart minds that agree with you, Dave. In fact, see you. You're one of them. Back him up. I love it. I absolutely love Jalen Waddle. Um, I saw it at 61 and a half on FanDuel. So if, if it's still there, you know, go and you can bet on FanDuel. Go ahead and grab that. But 62 and a half, I'm absolutely okay with. And it's for a lot of the reasons that 
Dave just said. I mean, let me let me spell it out in terms of the injuries. You got Dane Jackson is going to be out. Obviously, Tredavious White, he hasn't been in this entire season. You'll likely have Waddle covering Elam, excuse me, Elam, Care Elam covering Waddle for a majority of the snaps, or at least a, a, a more than 50% of the snaps. That is a mismatch. And, and Dave mentioned speed. So you got you got 437 speed on one side. That's Jalen Waddle. You got 434 speed on the other side. That's Tyreek Hill. Either way, Tyreek Hill is going to get the shade coverage most likely to the extent that happens. Waddle is going to get the favorable matchups over 61 and a half. Seems like, like, I don't want to say a gift, but it, I, I really like it. The one other thing I want to point out here is there are also injuries on the defensive line. So one thing the bills have done really well is they've created pressure without blitzing. I don't know that that's going to be the case this week because Jordan Phillips and Ed Oliver have also been ruled out. So you've got those two out. You've got Dane Jackson out. You've got Micah Hyde out. And of course, Tredavious White hasn't played yet. There is a lot of issues on this defense as a whole. And I think Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill specifically, because they enjoy over 60% of the target share, they are going to get the benefit of that. Give me Jalen Waddle at the lower total. With those plays and the Tyreek Hill factor, Alex, you've been on Gusecki two weeks. We've cashed two weeks. How do you think his number is going to be affected after what we saw from Waddle and Tyreek Hill last week? Yeah, I mean, he's had really minimal involvement over the uh, first two weeks of the season. I continue to see that uh, being a trend as we move along. Uh, he's just not a good fit for this offense and scheme. He's losing snaps, uh, not able to block a lot. So, yeah, I just continue to see uh, his role uh, shrinking as the season goes along. So, I like fading Kaseki. Haven't seen his numbers yet this week, but I absolutely love this Jalen Waddle play. I think it's excellent. <laughs> Wanted to endorse it as well. I even believe Jordan Poyer, all pro safety, is also questionable heading into it. So the Bills could be down uh, four starters in the secondary. Uh, great opportunity for Tua and the Dolphins. And yeah, I much prefer getting Waddle's discount uh, considering that Tyrese is nearly uh, 15, 20 yards higher. So love this play. I would encourage all of you that have the opportunity to get it in today because I know some books don't have props today. Bang it today. Do not wait. All right. Game number two that we are involved in when it comes to our prop spectacular. Eagles laying six and a half at Washington. This started like three. Then it went to four. Then it keeps rising because people are starting to realize the Eagles are really good. Jalen Hurts is really good. So, see, I'm coming back to you. There's a guy that Jalen Hurts throws to that you think is going to have a pretty good day. Talk to me. So little tease here. I think there might be two Eagles that have a really good day, but I'm not 100% sure I'm getting a favorable number on the other Eagle that I'm not going to talk about today. So that 12 o'clock show, that noon show that we do, um, the game-by-game preview on Sunday before kickoff, um, I encourage everybody to watch that for several different reasons, but one is because I might have an additional pick when the number gets more favorable for a player on this Eagle side. But the, the guy I like right now is Devontae Smith over 44 and a half receiving yards. This one is interesting because it actually opened, as far as I saw, it opened at 47 and a half. It's been bet down to 44 and a half. So clearly people are taking the under on Devontae Smith, but now we're at a number at 44 and a half that I actually really like. The target share for uh, Devontae Smith relative to A.J. Brown, it was the same last week, 23% on each side. Seven for seven is what Devontae Smith produced last week. In other words, seven targets, seven catches. I think he's earned some more equity with Jalen Hurts. That Washington defense gives 
explosive plays up at a higher rate than any other team in the league so far. And that's obviously only through two weeks. But again, if you look look at Washington last year, they were doing the same thing. So you've got a team that's giving up in a major explosive play rate. A.J. Brown's probably going to get the, the, the better coverage in this game, the better matchups from a defensive back standpoint. I like Devontae Smith. I like his target share. I like what he did on all of his targets last uh, last week. And, and I think uh, 44 and a half, I honestly think he could potentially get that on two or three catches here. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He absolutely can. And Dave, if the game script goes how the books think it will, how we think it will, then Washington in the second half, they're just going to be chucking, chucking, chucking. <laughs> Chucking, what do you like? Coach, they might be chucking, chucking, chucking anyway because they can't run the football very well. I don't think they trust Antonio Gibson. He's had 14 carries each of the first two weeks. They have found ways around that running back problem that they have. Case in point, they've had a pass rate of 65.5% through their first two games. That's eighth highest. That includes a game that they won against Jacksonville. So they kept throwing in that game. This is how Curtis Samuel has been getting his fantasy points. But the prop that I love is for Carson Wentz to keep throwing it. And what better way to exemplify that than with pass attempts? Over 36 and a half of them, minus 115 at Caesar Sportsbook. 41 pass attempts for Wentz in each of his first two games. And this is not a pretty matchup for Carson Wentz. Okay, <laughs> This Eagles defense, it is serious. But I still think that there's going to be enough there and enough time there for Carson Wentz to throw anywhere from 39 to 50 passes in this game. I think he's going to have a very tired arm by the time this matchup is done and over with. I honestly believe that the only way this does not happen is if Wentz gets benched, which I don't think is happening, or if he gets hurt, which no one wants to have happen. This is an easy over for me, one of my favorite bets of the week. Oh, you know what Uncle Dave says it's one of his favorite bets of the week. You better play it and do it not, immediately. Not a sprinkle. Not a double sprinkle. It's a shovel, but I have to say, it isn't my favorite play. The favorite play is still to come. Okay. Well, I've got to say, because sometimes I have to stop the show to address something, and I hate it when the three of you get disrespected. And I hate it when I get disrespected. Now, in the chat, Jacob says this. A.B., I'm a social studies teacher teaching about current events and legalization of sports gambling. Mind being a guest speaker? You've got four of the greatest minds in America, Jacob. At your disposal. A chance to read yours in the chat. And you ask A.B. to come to your class? A man who never finished high school? And you want him to come to high school to teach your class on legalization of sports betting? (sighs) Anybody. I don't even know what to say. I'm so fired up right now. Shame on you, Jacob. Shame on you. Shame on you. You have a lawyer. I'm going to blame AB for that. Why? Because he's too likable? Yeah. Yeah. And he's too good. Yeah, he's too good, too likable. A deadly combination at the early edge. All right, I've got to move on, but I'm putting a pin in that, Jacob. I'm putting a pin in that. All right, now, this man has been sitting for almost 15 minutes. He's like a rabid dog, ready to give out his first play of the show. So, we're going to go to Ravens. And we're going to go to the Patriots. Ravens are laying two and a half currently. Total is 44. This is also a one Eastern game on Sunday. Last week, Alex, the Ravens. And I learned my lesson. Apparently, when you're an all-pro quarterback and you're worth $250 million and you only score three points in the fourth quarter, 
apparently you can't blame him for any part of that loss. Apparently, the Dolphins got the ball four times in a row, and the Ravens never touched the ball, apparently according to Twitter. Because somebody told me, oh, all kinds of things. I still blame Lamar Jackson for part of that on Sunday. But moving on, there is a player for Baltimore that I think is going to have a really big day this week, and you do too. Talk to me. Yeah, that's guys Rashad Bateman, coach. Um, I like him over 46 and a half receiving yards. Uh, this guy has been incredible in his sophomore year. He's turned 12 targets into 167 yards, two touchdowns, a robust 27.8 yards per catch as well. While that yard per catch number is not sustainable, this guy isn't even a full-time player in this Baltimore offense, so there is still a ton of untapped upside. Uh, he's eclipsed this line in both games so far this season. I'm actually shocked we're getting this number under 50, especially after last week's performance. I think this is a great chance that this will be the last time we see Rashad Bateman south of 50 yards this season. Uh, I think the Patriots also have a somewhat weak, exploitable secondary as well. Well, here's something for you, Coach. I think AB will appreciate this, too, is he outran the Dolphins' uh, defensive backs on Sunday on his way to posting the fastest top speed this season per NFL Next Generation stats. Pretty impressive stuff. As I mentioned, he's not even a full-time player in this offense yet he's running a route on just 72 percent of dropbacks he's certainly earned a bigger role he is the ravens number one wide receiver but they're they're kind of mixing in other guys um but yeah bateman has just outplayed everyone so i really think his role is going to continue growing and growing uh he has been absolutely outstanding here's something else interesting of players with a 60 percent route participation his 3.55 yards per route run is third behind only stefan diggs and tyreek hill this year that is how good Bateman has been how efficient he's been on his targets uh 26 target rate with a 16.0 a dot that is some elite stuff I love Rashad Bateman over 46 and a half yards and it's a good matchup in my opinion when Alex starts talking about a dot I'm listening I'm listening all right, that's not the only play we have in this game. No, 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 we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side because, Dave, there is a quarterback for the Patriots who has not exactly got off to a great start this year. But he does throw a nice long ball, and this might be a matchup. <laughs> if the Ravens play the same defense they played against the Dolphins, this should probably cash first quarter. What do you like? I think you got me confused with another prop here, Coach, because – Oh, I'm not feeling Mac Jones connecting on the deep ball <laughs> at all. My bad. My bad. <laughs> so let me just get into this because this is the favorite play of the week for me. Love doing the research on this one. Here's what I got. So far this year, Mac Jones, and, and the prop is officially Mac Jones under 36 and a half. Longest completion. It's at minus 123. Here we go. He has had two completions longer than 36 and a half yards so far in 2022. He had eight completions of uh, 37 plus yards in 2021. And only two of those eight were catch and runs. That's 10, two plus eight. That's 10. Mac Jones has 394 completions in the national football league, which means that of his 394 completions coach, 2.5% of them have gone longer than 37 yards. And he happens to be taking on a Ravens team whose secondary got utterly embarrassed in the fourth quarter last week by the Miami Dolphins and two really 
fast wide receivers, guys who could catch the deep ball, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. They are going to be up to the task. And the good news is that four defensive backs that were banged up, playing hurt last week, they all practiced in full on Friday. They're all expected to play. The Patriots don't have a deep ball threat. Their best receiver is Jacoby Myers. He's questionable to play. And Mac Jones, on literally 97.5% of his throws, does not get 37-plus yards. This is a double shovel. I don't know if, if that even makes sense. But that's what I'm giving it for Mac Jones. Under 36.5 yards as long as completion against the Ravens. I think that I have like a block in my head that when I see the word under, I just can't say it. I just physically cannot say it. But when you give me all that information, educate and entertain, that's what we do here on the Prop Spectacular. So I'm playing the under. Even though I don't like them, I'm playing them. All right. Now, by the way, Jacob, or is it Jacob, right? He's now apologizing. He said he didn't want to interrupt the show. He would love to have all of us. Oh, I'm sure you would, Jacob. I'm sure you would. Uh-huh. By the way, my my mom was a high school teacher. Not social Mine studies. too. Mine Home too. Ec. I'll never forget. She made me make a hot dog pillow. It was terrible. <laughs> terrible. I cannot sew. All right, moving on. Next game on the board. And this is an interesting one, gentlemen, because it opened around seven. It's moving in the direction of the Jets. Bengals laying six, total 45, also a one Eastern game on Sunday. See ya. I'm going to start with you. What do you like in this game? So real quick, the Lamar Jackson thing. I know people were giving you a a lot of noise about that, but do you remember in the middle of that game how everybody was tweeting or putting stuff on Instagram like today's price ain't yesterday's price when it came to his contract talks? Well, just real quick on that, uh, third quarter score isn't the final score. So Ravens, you probably should have played through that one. Uh, Okay, so here's – I have two plays in this game, and they're very highly correlated. Um, Brees Hall over 27.5 rushing yards is the first play. So I think we're about to see a changing of the guard, at least on early downs when it comes to Michael Carter and Brees Hall. This is a very low number, 27.5 rushing yards. And it's partly because while Brees Hall's snap share was pretty good in week one, it actually went down in week two. Now, I think some of that was game script dependent, particularly in that fourth quarter when they went down uh, 13. But in this particular game, and what we saw last week, by the way, from an efficiency standpoint, we had seven carries for Brees Hall for 50 yards, and we had seven carries for Michael Carter for 23 yards. I think Michael Carter is going to be relegated to that passing role, that third down role that we're so comfortable seeing him in. And I think we're going to start to see the first and second down role B. Brees Hall. So 27 and a half rushing yards against the Cincinnati Bengals defense seems very, very gettable to me. You might look at the first two weeks and say to yourself, okay, well, Cincinnati's been pretty good against the rush. Well, that's true, but that's not a trend, right? They played the Steelers and the Cowboys. It's just two weeks. Steelers, bad offensive line, pretty bad quarterback relative to the rest of the quarterbacks in the league. Then they got to play Cooper Rush in their banged up offensive line over there in Dallas. So to the extent you're looking at the rushing yards and and the rushing efficiency by that Cincinnati Bengals defense, I think it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. I just need Brees Hall to get over 27 and a half rushing yards. I'll go ahead and book that. On the other side of it, I just mentioned Michael Carter. I, I like him for catching. I like him for receptions, but I don't like him hitting this 40 and a half rushing yard total. Again, I think this is going to be a slight changing of the guard. And even if it's 50-50 on early downs, I still don't think Michael Carter gets there. I still don't think he gets to 40 and a half rushing yards. So give me the Brees Hall over in rushing yards. Give me the Michael Carter under in rushing yards. And let's go two for two on this Jets game. You want to know how good my guys are? Sia, do you talk to Alex 
uh, before about the picks you're going to make? No. Do you talk to Dave about the picks you're going to make? As much as I'd like to, no. Right. You don't, we don't talk. I don't make them make any picks. They're just brilliant. They're just smart. Alex, can you give me your first play, please? Yeah, my first play is the aforementioned Michael Carter over two and a half receptions. This one's juice, Coach. I'm going to explain why it's worth the squeeze here. Let me give you a list of names, gentlemen. (laughs) Mike Williams, Jarvis Landry, Darren Waller, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Rashad Bateman, DJ Moore. You know what those guys have in common with each other? Michael Carter has more targets than all those guys so far through two weeks of the season. All of those guys' reception lines sit between three and a half and four and a half. Michael Carter's is two and a half. He's turned those 14 targets into 12 receptions, went for five receptions last week, seven receptions week one. Obviously, easily cashed this line in both games so far. He's playing more snaps than Brees Hall. He has a massive target share, and I agree with Sia that I do expect Brees Hall's role to grow as far as early down work is concerned. But I really think that Michael Carter has a stranglehold on the receiving work in this offense. Flacco is the king. He loves the check down, especially recent, especially recently, especially over the first two weeks of the season. Carter played 61% of the snaps last week, 60% for the season. Also saw his route rate jump from 42 to 52%, while Hall's declined from 42% to 15% last week. I think as this game stays competitive, Michael Carter Jr. is going to be handling all of this passing down work as well out of this Jets backfield. This is also a good matchup against the Bengals, in my opinion. Uh, that for one, they could create some negative game script where Flacco's forced to air the ball out a lot. Furthermore, uh, the Bengals have been uh, torched by pass catching backs. Last season, Michael Carter had a career best 14 target, nine reception game versus the Bengals. They surrendered the fifth most receptions two opposing running backs last year as well. So that is my first prop from this game. Next up, we've got Garrett Wilson, over 45 and a half receiving yards. This rookie has been dynamic over the first two games of his career. He's racked up 12 catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns. That's despite not even being a full-time player in this Jets offense. He has an elite 2.83 yards per route run, which leads the team in addition to all rookie wide receivers. He's eclipsed this line in both games to start the season, and I think he's absolutely earned a a boost in playing time. Corey Davis is also questionable. May miss the game, may not. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, He played 62% (laughs) of the snaps in week two, which was up significantly from week one, where he only got 49% of the snaps. Ran a route on 75% of Flacco's dropbacks as well, which tied Corey Davis. They moved him all over the formation, spent 49% of his snaps in the slot, 43% of his snaps out wide. I love that. Overall, a 32% target share, ran routes on 75% of Flacco's dropbacks. Uh, Certainly encouraging. Even if he gets that much work, it's enough work, even if he doesn't get the boost that I think he's going to get. Uh, Bengals are middle of the pack as far as their pass defense is concerned. Currently ranked 14th in passing DVOA. Again, I think this game is going to be competitive as well. We've seen the line move. And, yeah, I just think this rookie has been phenomenal. We're getting a great number here at 44.5, Coach. Speaking of work, can we please say thank you in the chat? Just type thank you. He just gave you eight to ten nuggets that you need that you can use moving forward. This is not a 50-50 business, ladies and gentlemen. Now, some housekeeping. See ya. Uh, They're seeing it some books up to 29 and a half for Brees. Your thoughts? I don't mind that. I wouldn't go over 29 and a half. I I mean, 
I think I wouldn't bet it over 29 and a half. Let's put it that way. So I think 29 and a half is fine. Okay. Alex, they're seeing your juice. What a shock because we know the books watch this show. Uh, already up to minus 165, which means it'll probably turn over to the next number and then bring it down. What do you like there? Yeah, I'm still fine with it at minus 165. I have a significant edge on this prop. So, yeah, I'd play it up to minus 170. When it gets to three and a half, I'd probably scale down to a quarter or a half unit. Granted, it's at plus money. Dave, Ryan in the chat. Not prop related, but a fantasy question for the guys. This time, sure. Dave. And to start the week, AJ Dillon. Uh, who to start this week? AJ Dillon or Jeff Wilson, both in tougher matchups. They both have tough matchups. I, I think that the Packers really need AJ Dillon this week. Because they're they're running out of receivers. Mm-hmm. If you can go and take the over on whatever Romeo Dobbs player prop is for catches and yards, uh, run, don't walk. But my guess is you can't find it because they're, they're still uncertainty about who will be available for the Packers. We know A.J. Dillon will be available. We talked about his player prop for catches on Fantasy Football Today earlier today. We like the over at two and a half, and I believe it's for plus money. So Dillon is who I would go with over Wilson. And I like the player props for him and for Aaron Jones because I think they're going to be plenty involved in what the Packers do. All right, very good. See you. Go. Real quick, Dave, uh, talking about Romeo Dobbs kind of ring a bell for me. So speaking of getting their bells rung, uh, Hunter Renfro is out with his concussion. So Mac Hollins might have a bigger role. I just looked at his props. It's um, juiced pretty heavily to over two and a half catches. But the over in the uh, receiving yards is 33 and a half. I'm not necessarily making that official play. I'd love everybody's opinion on that. But let's keep in mind last week he caught five of eight targets for 66 yards. And while week one he didn't do that much, he still ran a route on almost every drop back. He's six four. He's 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 pretty he's quick. He's been on a, yeah, he's been on a couple teams. He can stretch the field. Um, I think 33 and a half is a pretty reasonable number under these circumstances, but it's not an official play. I just did I wanted to point out the Renfro thing though. Who wants to comment on that? If you give me 10 seconds, I can tell you where he's been lining up because if he hasn't played in the slot, he might not be the guy that replaces Hunter Renfro uh, in this matchup against Tennessee. Uh, He's played 13 snaps in the slot through two games, and that's out of 109. So a little more than 10% of the time he's in the slot. I can do a little bit of digging while we're talking, and I'll tell That'd you. That'd be great if you don't mind. Be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it'll be besides besides Devonta Adams because Adams can move into the slot. Did that a ton of Green Bay. I'm sure he's going to do a ton of that this week. I yeah. I think the guys behind to to Dave's point. I think the guys behind him that could potentially line up in the slot. I don't think they've got a reception on the year. So my my guess is. Oh, going to I'm going to tell you who home. it is. Yeah. Do you guys remember the name Keelan Cole? Yes. Of course, Jaguar great. Wow. Jaguars. Great. Uh, if you can find over two and a half on that and maybe even play it all the way up to three and a half. Keelan Cole was actually really productive over the preseason. And uh, yeah, he led all uh, Las Vegas pass catchers in the preseason. Looked like he was going to make the team. I know he was cut final cuts and then re-signed, but uh, yeah. I actually think he's a good fourth or fifth wide receiver. Has there ever been a statement made Jaguars? Great. <laughs> I mean, has anybody yeah, ever Tony said Baselli. that? I guess that's true. Mark I guess Red Taylor. Right. He's only in the Hall of Fame. You're right. You're, right. you're right. I just I, – I forgot. I just forgot. Maurice Jones, but, true. <laughs> it was, first of all, it was a rhetorical <laughs> question, everyone, because Jacksonville, it's like you. we thank can make you. fun of Jacksonville. We can't let Coach off the hook. See what are you talking about? See, see what I'm talking about? 
This is Wait, see, see, our, our, our this is a guy who broken. paid off someone in our fantasy league, see, in order to acquire Christian McCaffrey. You think I'm going to let him get away with coach. not giving credit to Jaguar greats? See, come on, we can't cover that coach off. This is a guy who stooped to paying off editors at CBS to acquire Christian McCaffrey for scraps. Coach, you, need, you need counsel, and I, I am here he, to represent you. Also, MJ, guys, come on. He may have given autographed wrestling figures. I think so. Instead of money. Yeah, just to I keep mean, it off. No no paper trail of that, Dave. I They have said about one of my, not one, not two, but three action figures I had made for myself. Um, <clears throat> there is no price. They are priceless. You mean this? Oh, that's one of the three right there. Yes, Look that's one that. of the three. Look yeah. at the arms on that thing. Well, I borrowed Batista's arms, to be honest with you, for that particular. Oh, there's the picture. It doesn't get cooler much. than that. Yeah, that was pretty cool back. I actually look exactly the same now. I look exactly the same. Just a few years older. Just a few years older. By the way, in the chat, Chris, I see you. Great minds thinking alike. I banged that Garrett Wilson yesterday at over 43 and a half. Well My done. Man. Well done. Now, we got more picks to get to. But as you know, Sportsline and CBS – we love working for the network. We love bringing our energy to the network. And Sunday, what an NFL lineup we have. Sunday, Mahomes Chiefs and Taylor's Colts are off to the races in Indy. While in Miami, undefeated squads square off, featuring the Bills' unstoppable offense and the Dolphins' terrifying trio. All hail Sunday. It's the NFL on CBS. Oh, yeah, baby. By the way, have you seen the Tony Romo Paramount Plus commercial? <laughs> he's, like, signing autographs, and instead of signing his name, he's signing Par- NFL streams on Paramount Plus. And everybody's like, but where's your autograph? No, no, this is more important. <laughs> it's a really good commercial. Maybe next year I'll get to do it. Who knows? Who knows? All right, we got to keep it going. You're watching our Prop Spectacular. We have uh, just past the bottom of the hour. Any props we're talking here. We also got props on Sunday. AB is in the chat. I think this works great because AB is just answering questions. And anything you got, he's got you in there. And if I see one, I'll ask the guys as well. I love this show today. I love how it feels. I love how it feels. Now, we may have just come to the doesn't feel good portion of the program. The Jacks, as we were just talking about, they are traveling to L.A. to take on the Chargers. This line has moved four points today with the news that in all likelihood, Herbert is out. He's got the rib issue. They've been delaying the news all week, but he ain't going to play. So at home, they're only laying three of the total at 47. Dave, talk to me. I knew I should have started Jacoby Brissett over Justin Herbert this week in fantasy. No, that, that's got nothing to do with what I'm going to tell you. Travis Etienne was drafted as a top 50 player in fantasy. Uh, the people who drafted him are pretty disappointed. He hasn't come through with a huge game. Should have had a huge game in week one. Didn't get much of an opportunity to do it in week two. That was a blowout win for Jacksonville. I, I think they're going to be in a competitive game, even if there is no Justin Herbert against the Chargers. So let's stick with Travis Etienne over two and a half catches plus 104 at Caesar Sportsbook. He did have three catches last week, and it was a blowout. 24 nothing. Jacksonville rolled over Indianapolis, a team that did not have any good receivers playing for them in that game. In week one, he did have two catches. He should have had four catches in that game. He had the opportunities. So he's had the chances to get three-plus catches in each of the first two games. As long as he doesn't drop a pass or have one sail over his head, he's going to hit this number, and you've got odds working in your favor. And the matchup, it's amazing. 
the Chargers are allowing this. This number is ridiculously high. 91.7% catch rate to opposing running backs. It's I never see a number this high. Usually we say, well, if it's about 80% catch rate to running backs, that's great. This is 91.7%. <laughs> Almost literally every ball that's thrown near a running back against the Chargers has been caught. And so I think that Travis Etienne can do that. And here's the cherry on top. When they are catching passes against the Chargers, running backs are averaging eight yards per catch. So uh, clearly the Jaguars see Travis Etienne as a component of their offense, not one that they're going to throw to a dozen times a game. That's not happening. But to get three catches and to get odds in our favor in a matchup where they should take advantage of a stat that looks pretty damn great to me, I, I think Etienne has a nice game for fantasy managers, and I think he comes through with at least four catches against the Chargers in week number three. I don't even have to tell my crew to find me a plus odds prop. Dave just does it. He just does it. By the way, Nicole, I see you in the chat. She says the coach and the crew going to make this a great weekend. Does anybody know what we went on the weekend last week total with all of our plays? Do any of you know? No. 30. The reason you don't know is because you were grinding. You were in it. You were in the weeds. I'm up here taking care of that business. 37 and 17 total for the crew. Wow. 37 and 17. Man, it's amazing. Let's go. Let's go. Now, next game. Next game. I'm talking Rams laying three and a half on the road at Arizona. Now, I left the Cardinals for dead last week. But now, all of a sudden, Kyler Murray, I think that fourth quarter will do more for Kyler Murray's career than any other quarter he will ever play ever in his life. That's how great and important that performance was in the fourth quarter. Now, they're at home. The Rams have not looked that great. Total 48 and a half. I guarantee we'll have something on this game on Sunday. But, Dave, I'm coming right back to you. What do you like here? I like Zach Ertz to have a pretty good game, but I don't think he's catching a long pass. Really hasn't done that since he's arrived in Arizona. So let's take the under on his longest completion, 17 and a half yards, minus 113 at Caesar Sportsbook. Since he's been with the Cardinals, seven of his 66 catches have gone 18-plus yards, including exactly zero through the first two games of this year. That's uh, that's an 89.4% success rate if you're taking the under. If you take the over, go ahead. It's a 10.6% success rate. Doesn't sound like where you want to put your money, though. So I'm going to take the under on it. And the Rams, they've been pretty good against tight ends. They've only allowed four catches to tight ends this year. And you might say, oh, Peshaw, who have they seen? Well, in week one, they saw the Bills, Dawson Knox. He's pretty good. In week two, they saw Kyle freaking Pitts, second-year sensation tight end for the Falcons. Those guys had four catches total. How many of them went for 18-plus yards, you might be asking? The answer? Zero. Zero. (laughs) You know, the Rams have a pretty good defense. And, Coach, you might have been really impressed with how Kyler played last week. But I, I kind of looked at that as a frenetic mess. And it might have been good for fantasy, but I, I'm a little bit worried about the state of this passing offense right now. I think the Rams take advantage, and he might dink, dink, dink all day long to Zach Ertz. But I don't think Ertz is going to break one for a while. He's slow out there. Might have five catches in the game. None of them are going 18-plus yards. Oh, I agree with you that it was a mess. It was a hell of a fun mess 
to watch and to if you had the Cardinals, what was it, plus six? It was plus six. That's what we had on the show. That was one of our caches. So that was a nice little comeback. See, I got to ask you a question, though. Based off what Dave just said, and we're talking about Kyler Murray, he ran a lot in the fourth quarter. Should we be paying attention to his props this Sunday? Uh, if we were, I would be on the under in pretty much all of them. I, I just, I hate this matchup for Kyler Murray. I hate it for Cliff Kingsbury because Sean McVay owns Cliff Kingsbury in much the much the same way that Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears. He is so good in this matchup. Sean McVay's record since he's been coached with the Rams against the Cardinals is elite. And against Cliff Kingsbury is elite. And Kyle Murray, he hasn't had a lot of success against the Rams defense. And honestly, I thought all that running around that, that he did in the fourth quarter to bring his team back. It was impressive, but that's not the type of thing that you can carry over game to game, especially not on a Rams defense that's going to apply some pressure on you and likely contain you like they always do when they dominate you. So I'm not going to be on anything Kyler Murray, uh, frankly, um, in, in DFS. I might have a player in there, like a low-priced player, like a Greg Dorch or something, because Rondell Moore's not playing again. He's officially ruled out, but no, I'm not on Kyler Murray. I'm not on these Cardinals. I'll have more to say this about Sunday uh, with respect to a potential bet, um, as I think I like the uh, Rams minus three and a half on the road here. Interesting. I might have to have the uh, the music queued up for that one. We'll have to wait and see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, Coach, I, I always lose showdowns to you. So you can guarantee the Arizona cover if we do a showdown. See ya. See ya. See ya. Everybody loses showdowns to me. Alex, anything to say on showdowns with me? Real? Oh, no? Okay. Okay. <laughs> He's burning right now. He's like, I used to love Coach so much. Competition, baby. Competition. By the way, did you guys see what we upped our, our bet for Fantasy 2? Like, we, we have a showdown on who scores the most points, right? So, yeah. it's the you know what the one-chip challenge is? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so we're going to do the one-chip challenge. Whoever loses has to eat that one chip, which has 1.7 million what in it, Alex? Scovilles, Coach. Scovilles. Translation, hot as hell. Have to eat it right here on the show, and you can't move for two minutes or drink anything for two minutes. Yes, see. Oh, I'm, I'm not aware of this. Just real quick, the, the person who scores the most points in a given week like that. At the conclusion of the season. Conclusion oh. of the season. Whoever I, loses. We should I, have made stipulations regarding trades uh, prior to uh, making this bet, especially uh, as the aforementioned Christian McCaffrey robbery took place. Oh, I don't think you're going to let that one go. No, which is, which is what I want. Yeah, you got what do you got? Well, I only asked the weekly question because somebody on this show got the most points in week two. And so I was just curious if that person is awarded anything, but apparently not. So he shall remain anonymous. Oh, okay. No, you don't get anything, as a matter of fact. <laughs> By the way, I told Alex I would love to keep going back and forth with him, but I have to keep looking in my rearview mirror to do it. And I just don't feel like doing that right now. I just don't. I just don't. Oh, I love this so much. God, do I love this so much. All right, moving on, moving on. And keep those chats coming. By the way, author, I see you. He says, Uncle Dave is really smart. We agree. We agree. He's really freaking smart. All right, moving on. And Alex, I'm coming back to you. This is probably the game that's going to get the most attention. Two future Hall of Famers, two Super Bowl champions at quarterback, Packers and the Bucks. Bucks laying one at home, total 42. We know Mike Evans is out. So remember that. When I come to Alex right now, talk to me. Coach, not only is Mike Evans out, Chris Godwin's out. 
Very possible Julio Jones is out. Russell Gage was a surprise, uh, did not practice today. He could be out as well. That's why I'm fading Tom Brady under 247 and a half passing yards. This is just such a tough spot for him. He's likely going to be out without his top four wide receivers. That leaves um, Bashad Perryman potentially as the wide receiver one in this offense. Brady has not gotten off to a great start this season either. Threw for 212 yards in week one. 190 in week two, facing a Packers defense that is 10th so far in passing DVOA, coming off a game they allowed just 70 passing yards to Justin Fields. The Packers actually look like they're going to be one of the biggest run funnels in the NFL this season, especially when we saw how well Chicago ran against them. Um, it's uh, Teams are going to prioritize running the ball against Green Bay, and I think that out of pure necessity, Tampa Bay is going to have to this week as well. I expect it to be a slow game, not a lot of passing. I think that clock is just going to be running on both sides as well. I think Green Bay is going to focus heavily on both running backs. We'll talk about them more on Sunday, but both Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, who we've mentioned in this show, I think are going to be heavily involved. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of passing volume in this game as well. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a great spot to to uh, fade Tom Brady. I was actually surprised this number is this high. I expected it to be in the 230s. ton of value here, in my opinion. Take Tom Brady under 247.5 passing yards. Play it down to 238.5. Thank me later when this goes under. I would encourage you to play it right now because in the chat, as always, you're taking care of the show, and it's already dropping like an anchor as Alex was talking. It's already at around 242. Dave, talk to me. While we were on the air, the injury report came out for Tampa Bay. I think that Alex alluded to it quite a bit, but just in case. Okay. Gage is questionable, didn't practice on Friday. Uh, Godwin out. Julio Jones got an unlimited practice Friday. It's his only practice of the week. They've turned him a, they've turned him a game-time decision. He's questionable. Rashad Perriman's questionable. He was limited all week. Their starting left tackle is doubtful after not practicing on Friday. This team is a mess. And even Leonard Fournette is beat up. He was limited all week. He's questionable. I I wonder if 227 is too high for Tom Brady this week. You got to have somebody to throw to. You do. And we the Packers are a massive run funnel. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Coach. No, not at all. You can reel my flow anytime. Now, anytime. can you explain what that means, Alex? Because there might be some people who don't know. Sure. Yes. When I say run funnel, it means that teams are prioritizing. Uh, if they're a run funnel, teams are going to prioritize running against them. If you look at the previous few weeks, teams have run the ball very heavily against the Packers in both weeks one and week two. And the yeah, other, just not stopping anyone on the ground. And then conversely, if I were to say they were a pass funnel, the Broncos would be an example of that this season so far. Our teams are passing heavily, and this is by design. All right, Denver, I see you in the chat. You said 241.5. We just addressed it, but you may not have heard it. He said he would play it down to 238.5, but I encourage you to do it right now. While we're on this game, Big Cheesy 707, anybody could take this one. Aaron Rodgers, his number's even lower than that at 231.5 at minus 101. Dave, take it. I've got the Packers injury report here as well. Let's get into it. Sammy Watkins, who was his leading receiver last week, he's out. He's not playing. Christian Watson didn't practice on Thursday or Friday. He's questionable. Even tight end Mercedes Lewis is questionable. He didn't practice on Thursday. He was limited on Friday. Randall Cobb has an illness. He hasn't been on the field for three days. He's questionable, but he does have Alan Lazard. Lazard was able to practice on Friday after not practicing on Thursday. He is not on the injury report, so we should expect to see a lot of Lazard and Dobbs. 
I'm not exactly sure what this number is for Aaron Rodgers, but I think if it's right in somewhere in between, I don't know. Like, I think I'd probably take the over if it was 228, 229, somewhere in that range. And if it was around 240, I might take the under. I think it's going to be right in between those two. I tell you what, I was a team player and I played basketball in college. I've never been on a team as a professional in this business. And I tell you what, I feel like we're a legit team. It feels like we're a legit team. Doesn't it feel like that to you guys? Yeah. It really does. Everybody's got a role. Thank you, Dave. That's so important. Everybody at home, it's about the information and taking the information to use it to the best of your ability. Don't just take the picks. That's what we do. That's what we do here at the Early Edge. All right, we got one big play left and then we'll recap. And I don't even think we got to do the rapid fire because AB's been handling business in the chat. And we had a few uh, from the chat as well. 49ers at the Broncos. Now, you never, as Dave said earlier, you never want to see anybody get hurt. But the 49ers looked a lot better once Jimmy G came back into the lineup last weekend. So they're going to lay a point and a half on the road to the Denver Broncos, who have been a mess. Hackett has openly admitted that maybe he's over his head just a little bit. What coach does that? I don't know. But at home, they're an underdog. It's the Sunday night football game, and I cannot wait for it. And, Alex, you like a play in this game. What is it? Yeah, I like Jeff Wilson over 55 and a half rushing yards. Uh, I didn't fade Jeff Wilson last week like my cousin Sia did, but I certainly saw the logic in it. But after watching his week two performance where he handled 18 carries, rushed for 84 yards versus a surprisingly decent Seattle run defense, I was actually really impressed. Uh, Real quick, not to go off track here, but one thing I really recommend to people who bet props, uh, particularly props, but just betting in general, is be flexible. Don't get stuck in your views. Oftentimes, you know, if you don't like someone and then uh, you watch them play or whatever, you have a low opinion and uh, just, just be adaptive and just keep an open mind. I think that's very important. Uh, in this. So be flexible. Anyway, so back to Jeff Wilson. He showed a lot of burst. He was very efficient. Uh, To me, he was the most efficient running back on San Francisco's roster. And we are not going to see Tyrion Davis-Price. He played 30 snaps, handled 14 carries, which was second to Wilson's 37 snaps and 18 carries. He's out because of a high ankle sprain. He's going to be missing the next couple of weeks. That leaves undrafted running back Jordan Mason as the number two running back in the San Francisco backfield. Uh, They're playing a Broncos team that has been one of the league's Biggest pass funnels this season. But this is the 49ers we're talking about here, Coach. They are more weighted to the run than any team in the NFL under Kyle Shanahan. And while I do expect an uptick in passing volume with Garoppolo under center, I think Wilson's certainly going to handle 15 carries in this game, barring injury, of course. Uh, We saw Damian Pierce and Rashad Penny both eclipse this total versus the Broncos on a relatively low uh, rushing attempt count. So, yeah, I just think this is a great spot to Jeff Wilson back Jeff Wilson, who's going to handle the majority of the work in the San Francisco backfield, take him over 55 and a half rushing yards. Another Jewish sharp said in the chat, Jeff Wilson, he's never looked better. He looks really, really good. By the way, see, did you see what Joel said in the chat? Jordan JT, they win two and one. I may or may not have given out a parlay this morning on the show. JT and Spieth, Xander and Patrick plus 144 in one more hole. That will cash. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome. Huh, see ya. Let's that's go. Am- that's amazing. Uh, I kind of took the week off because the President's Cup uh, format, but but the Sanderson Farms is next week, so I'll be back for that, as, you, as I know you will, Coach. What? You took the week off? I mean, These it's not a typical... Automa- 
oh. it's not a typical betting format for me. So I'm, I'm disappointed. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I hit four matchups yesterday. Four. The four wow. that won, I cashed them. All of them. Then I parlay. I'm, I'm killing the President's Cup. So easy. So easy. <laughs> all right. I think we've done all the damage that we – yes, see ya. Just one quick thing. So one of the bets I, I almost put in here was Josh Jacobs under rushing yards or Josh Jacobs under rushing and receiving yards. I've come to learn just this moment uh, as they are traveling to Tennessee that it doesn't look – according to Cassie Soto, who was with the Review Journal Sports – he is not traveling with the Raiders to go to Tennessee. Oh. So obviously that bet's going to be off the board in most of your books. Um, I, I liked it at under 82 and a half, but it's it's probably not going to be there and it, it'll be voided regardless if he's and, actually not traveling with the team. And and that means that Zamir White will be the starting running back for the Raiders. He's available in, I want to say, about 40% of CBS Sports Leagues. A terrific talent from Georgia. Uh, you should literally stop what you're doing right now and go see if Zamir White is on the waiver wire in your league. And if he is, pick him up. I might actually have my GM send a trade request to Alex, uh, not even knowing if he's on his team, just to ask <laughs> if we can trade for him. Yeah, you can You can go pick up Zamir White and offer him for Justin Jefferson. <laughs> All right, grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here is the recap, and it looks absolutely glorious. Prop stars on Michael Carter, over two and a half receptions, minus 150. Juice is most definitely worth the squeeze. He said he'd play it all the way up to minus 165. Garrett Wilson, over 45 and a half receiving yards, minus 115. Jeff Wilson, over 55 and a half rushing yards. Tom Brady, under. He's got nobody to throw to. 247 and a half. It's already down to 241. We play it to 238. Rashad Bateman over 46 and a half receiving yards. Then Uncle Dave is on Travis ATN over two and a half catches. Mac Jones, let's go under that longest completion of 36 and a half. Again, no one to throw to. Zach Ertz, longest reception under 15 and a half. Jalen Waddle over. This one is just a gift. A gift over 62 and a half receiving yards. And he's going to be flexing all day. Carson Wiltz over 36 and a half pass attempts. He's gone for 41. In the first two weeks. Then, finally, see you in a job. He's also double dipping on Jalen Waddle. Then Devontae Smith for the Eagles, over 44 and a half receiving yards. Breeze Hall, over 27 and a half rushing yards. Same game, Michael Carter, under 40 and a half rushing yards. A quick reminder, Sunday, three big shows. 10 a.m., our normal morning show. Noon, all the 1 o'clock games we will break down. And then at 7.30 in the, in the force. And then 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, we'll count down to the 49ers and the Broncos. And we have one person in the club. One person is in the club. The one person who's never been in a club in his life is hanging out in the club, and that is the maestro. And he's talking trash about it, too. He's talking trash about it, too. I said, do you even know how to pop a bottle? Do you even know how to do that? He goes, a bottle of what? I said, my point exactly. My point exactly. All right. With that being said, damn it, I love this show so much. There's only one thing left to do, and I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these prop tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, love them all. A.B. in the chat. Uncle Dave. Prop star. Seeing a shot. And Jake the Snake on the ones and the twos. I am the coach. It doesn't matter the day, the sport, the time. We grind. We grind for you. We appreciate you. We love that you take the time out of your day to hang out with us. We take that very seriously right here at the Early Edge. Good luck. Good luck.